Good morning. It's so good to be with you. It's been a great day already, and hopefully it has been for you as well. I know it's a Chiefs by day. Uh, in sports language, that means the Chiefs aren't playing today. Um, what a way to relax, huh? Yeah. So we're going to finish up around one uh, this afternoon, and we just can't. What? Is that a problem? Come on. Come on. You know, speaking of time, we're in this series now called Letters from Future Me. So we've kind of created a little time warp in time. But for most of us, we don't get to live day in, day out in a warp, do we? We just live with time. And it feels like to us we never have enough time. You probably have used that phrase recently either internally or externally as you've interacted with someone and said, boy, I'd love to do that. I just don't have time. You know, there, there's never enough time. My wife Judy and I had the opportunity to visit our daughter and son-in-law and five of our grandkids. They used to live right here beside us in Kansas City, and they moved to Anchorage, Alaska this summer. It wasn't our fault, I swear. We didn't, we didn't do anything that prompted that, but that's where God took them. And so we went up in October and spent a week up there with them. They're just outside of Anchorage in Eagle River. And it was, it was spectacular. It was remarkable. Um, but the time went so fast. You know, we, every day we'd try to fill it and, and, and just soak it up and lots of conversation and enjoyment. And, and then we're flying back. That's the way time is, isn't it? My future me, writing to me, is writing with the recognition of these time pressures that are real for all of us in every season of our life. If there's a season in which these time pressure issues are finally resolved, I don't know what that season is. They're there. The challenge is, what do we do with the time we've been given, right? How is it we engage in and make use of the time we've been given so that we maximize it for the best of ourselves and for the good of others? When I think about my life, I just say, I just say, wow, what a life I've been given. I mean, what a life I've been given. And then in thinking about today and the opportunity to interact with you, I thought, wow, wow, what a life you've been given. An amazing life, daily breath, and we find when we are without what we need each day, when we find our physical strength wanes, we get more connected to the gift we've been given in this day. So the opportunity we have, regardless of our season of life, the opportunity we have is to make the most of the most we've been given right now to make the most of the most we've been given right now. Future me says to me in whatever season I find myself in, there are things worth fighting for in your season of life. There are things worth directing your time toward and fighting toward. And what I'd like to suggest is future me's declaration over me is, in every season, fight to grow. Fight to grow. Living things grow. And future me says to me, grow. Grow how or grow what? We'll touch on that in just a moment. As I was 
listening to future me talk to younger me. I listened to it long enough that I heard future me speaking to three seasons of my life. We won't be able to unpack all three. In fact, I discovered future me had so much to say, uh, I've put together a book. And it'll be available after the service. Uh, bring a friend. It'll take both of you to carry it. Man, future me had a lot to say, a lot to say. I'm so grateful he had something to say. So future me wrote to my 20s, 30s, and 40s me. As I look out among the congregation, you do remember the 20s, the 30s, and 40s, right? Okay. And some of you are living in that. That's awesome. And some of you are yet to get there. Okay. 20s, 30s, and 40s. And then to my present me, my 50s and 60s me. And then without presumption of life, my future me, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And here's what future me had to offer. Grow. Grow in character and grow in contribution in every season of your life. Grow in character and contribution in every season of your life. By character, future me simply means what are the life-giving threads, those life-defining threads in the fabric of my life? What are the qualities that define who I am, privately and publicly? They're these life-defining threads in the fabric of my life. That's character. And then in contribution, when he wrote of that, he wrote about the difference-making actions of my life. So it's the character I bring into everything I do. It's the contribution I make that is targeted and focused as a difference-making action in those places God puts me. Grow in character and contribution. When he wrote to my 20s, 30s, and 40s me, future me challenged me to grow up, to grow up in my character and in my contribution. And that can be kind of harsh to hear because I'm, I'm not altogether sure what to do. So he gave me some focus as he wrote to me about this. When he came to character, he said, as you're growing up in your character, focus it around these qualities, around your morality, around your convictions, around your discipline, around courage, around generosity, love, and faith. There are many character qualities that get built in these years, but these were the ones he wrote to me about specifically. They're the kinds of qualities that affect everything else. And we know we can't microwave these. We have to live into them. We have to take step-by-step -step development to realize strength in these particular character qualities. Characters like concrete, when it's laid right and sound, when it's solid, you can build with confidence. When it's laid poorly, it generally has to be excavated and relayed if you're going to build. Because when laid poorly, it just isn't able to support what you hope to build on it. That's what character is like. Paul had a way of expressing this to his younger self in the protege of Timothy. And he wrote to Timothy these words, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. In other words, being young is no excuse. He says, look at it this as an opportunity. You get to set an example for believers. Really, for all of those around you, you get to set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. 
you, Timothy, get to grow up into this kind of character. As we think about it, growing up or building maturity in this character area can be walked through like this. When I think about my morality, if I'm growing up in my morality, I'm learning to be more honest. I'm gaining clarity about what's right and wrong. If I'm growing up in my convictions, I'm learning to live out my moral clarity in private as well as public, and it's probably hardest in private. But I'm learning to live out my moral clarity privately and publicly. In my, in my discipline, I'm beginning to order my daily living around becoming the kind of person I believe God's inviting me to become. I've structured my day, my time, my investments, my thinking, my interactions. I'm doing so so that my day is ordered to become the person I imagine myself being as God is inviting me into that. If I'm going to grow up in my courage, I'm going to learn to face difficulties. And I'll face those difficulties with humility and resolve and care with consistency and determination, kind of against all odds. I don't get to decide what comes against me. I do get to decide what to do about it. And it requires courage. I get to grow up in my generosity, recognizing that what I have, I've been given. And it has been given to me for my good, yes, and for the benefit of others. That's growing up in generosity. If I grow up in my love, I grow up to receive love. And for some of us, we've come to learn that receiving love is really hard for us. In fact, we may find it easier for us to just give love. And if I just keep giving love, I won't have to deal with why it's so hard for me to receive it. But I get to grow up and mature in my love and last in my faith. I get to grow up learning to live from a growing reservoir of belief in who God is and that God is my provider and my protector. He's my pathfinder and my rock. In every situation, in this life and in the life to come, that's how I grow up in my character of faith in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. Choosing to grow up and to keep growing up, the Scriptures tell me if I make that choice, I will be effective and productive, which is a desire all of us have. Almost none of us wake up on a given day and say, I hope today I'm ineffective and unproductive. Do we? No. And if we finish the day feeling like we've been ineffective and unproductive, it's not pop a cork time, is it? No, it's find a pill, you know, or something. It's like, I need to go to sleep. I got to forget this day, and I'm really hopeful tomorrow is better. We get to make a choice. How are we growing up in our character? given what we're dealing with today. What Peter says about this, and if you remember the character Peter, he certainly had some challenges in his own growing up, wouldn't you say? Yeah. But he did grow up. And he's reflecting on that, so he's writing to his younger me, if you will, and he says this, hey, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection. The phrase there is brotherly love, and to mutual affection, love as a quality of character. He says if you are adding these things to your life, you're growing up in these things, you will be increasing effectiveness and productivity. 
He says if you're not doing that, then what you are is nearsighted. You've actually forgotten how God has loved you into this new place. You've forgotten the love of God for you, and you're nearsighted. I think a way I feel this, I experience this, is I have blind spots. In other words, I don't know that I don't know. What I also have to discover is I don't know that I don't know. And it's those who love us, including God and His Spirit, that helps us see what we're not seeing. I may keep tripping over the curb in front of me and denying that the curb is there. A loving friend can say, you're tripping over the curb. I go, what curb? They go, this one, you know, right here. It's a blind spot for me. Now, we have blind spots. All of us have blind spots, but we don't have to live with them. Future me is telling my 20s, 30s, and 40s me they're there, but you don't have to live with them. There's an opportunity for you to gain sight and to gain insight and replace your blindness with life-giving sight and new character. I recognize in this season, future me says to me, hey, it's not about you, really, but you will have to deal with you. It's not about you, but you will have to deal with you and have to do this truthfully and rigorously. You'll have to do it patiently and kindly, seriously, but without guilt, without shame, without fear that if you deal with yourself, you'll become less of yourself. You will only be able to take this kind of journey in the company of trusted friends, skillful guides. Much like the letter future me wrote to me, it was a very dangerous, very safe letter. By safe, I felt the embrace of someone who loved and cared about me and genuinely wanted my best. And I felt the challenge of someone who loved me and cared about me and really wanted my best. Those two coexist, love and challenge safety and danger. These coexist. It's the only way I learn to grow strong character. I want to take you on an exercise. Please go with me on this exercise today. I'm going to offer a tool to you that may help touch some areas you might consider a blind spot or, or didn't know they were a blind spot, but it's a tool like a mirror. I would guess that most of you took a moment in front of a mirror before you left the house today. Fair enough? Yep. Let me look a little more carefully. Um, okay. There's an opportunity after this service to take a moment in front of a mirror and just see how things are. Now, when you looked in the mirror, did you experience condemnation? Maybe. You may have experienced surprise. You may have just experienced reality. It's just what is. Without judgment, no shame, no guilt, it's just a mirror. It's a tool. And in this case, I'd like to suggest as we talk through it this morning, consider it a sacred mirror. Consider it something God may be putting before you out of His kindness toward you, out of His love for you. It's a sacred mirror. Now, here's what's happening when we look in a mirror. We get to locate kind of where we are and we get to name what it is. Someone may tell you at a party, 
you've got a smudge on your face. And of course, you're from Missouri, like some of us are. And you say, I've got to see it to believe it. And so you run out and you get the mirror and you go, I do have a smudge on my face. Okay. Well, that's locating what's going on. Now you look at it more carefully and you go, that's potato chip dip. I must have missed my mouth. Oh, now I've named it. I've located, I've got a smudge on my face and I've named it, it's missed chip dip. Now that may or may not help my face or my effort to eat my chip and dip, but I have clarity, right? I have reality. The mirror has served me well. So walk through this with me and let's see what God might have for you in this today. I'm going to refer to these as barriers to growing up. Again, future me is writing to my 20s, 30s, and 40s me saying, hey, grow up in character and contribution, and we're still focused on character. There might be some barriers or blind spots to that. Here's a mirror, a tool that might help you see what you don't currently see. We're going to begin with these surface barriers. I'm using the term addictions only to describe how significant they might impact you. Again, this is no judgment. But I'm going to invite you to go through this list, and I want you to put a check beside any one of those items that has had an impact on your life. Any impact on you that shaped your thinking or your behavior or how you saw yourself or you're related to others, just put a check by it, okay? Eating, working, call it workaholic, if you will, gambling. Just work your way through the list and put a mental check by any of those items that have had an impact or an influence on your life. As you continue to look into the mirror, circle any of those items that used to have an impact on your life, okay? Like they aren't having a current impact, but they used to. And so they're a part of your story, they're a part of your experience, but they have their place, if you will. So you've checked everyone that's been present in your life. You've circled the ones that are in the past experience of your life, all right? Let's look at another category, if you will, from surface barriers to core issues. Read through this list and do the same thing. Put a check mark beside any of those that has had an influence on you you recognize as something that's been significant for you, put a check mark beside that, and then circle any of those that were in your past, not present, having influence on you. Take a moment and just do that. And remind yourself, you are in the no judgment zone as you look at this mirror. It, Judgment's not there. A third category we call root problems. And in these root problems area, again, do the same thing. Put a check mark beside any of these that have had an influence or impact on you. And if they no longer have that, circle them. Unresolved anger, toxic shame or guilt or both, and then fear. And last, let's take a look at root causes. What might be underlying these other three areas? Maybe it involves 
abuse of some kind, emotional, physical, mental, sexual, or spiritual. These are really major areas that might be the root cause of what I'm experiencing at the surface. Abandonment, insignificance, betrayal, the inability to give or receive love. Now what I want to do is reverse the process and just ask ourselves this question. If I work up from the bottom to the top and I begin with root causes, is there one of those that I find is still having impact on me today? Like it's, it, it's present. It wasn't difficult for me to identify it. If so, put an asterisk beside it again as you look at it. Put an asterisk beside it. Moving up to the root problems, again, if there's one of these that is currently having impact on you, put an asterisk beside it. Looking again at the core issues list, take a moment and identify just one of these that you recognize as having more influence on you than the others. You'd say, this is an active core issue for me. Put an asterisk beside it. And then going back up to the barriers from this list, is there one of these that is currently very active and present influencing my life? Put an asterisk beside it. At this point, all you've done is looked in the mirror. You've asked yourself to be honest with what it shows you. Maybe it's helped you locate uh, this appears to be a surface issue, but I'm, I'm finding it's connected to a core issue. Uh, what's in my story that connects these? What does that help me see I didn't see before? And not just see for what it is, but maybe give me insight into what that is. So it's not just a smudge on my face. It's chip dip. It doesn't belong on my face but it's affecting me. I wonder who might help me not only see it for what it is, locate it and name it, but do something about it that gives me the hope I can build strong character in light of what this is. For many of us, when we come to the subject of recognizing, we can only fight for a few things. We don't, we don't have unlimited time how do I know what to fight for that will make the biggest difference? Sometimes walking through an inventory of this kind or asking a mirror to reflect what's really going on with me gives me a cue as to what I might fight for if I have a hope of growing strong character in my season of life. In this, we recognize I might have approached these issues in the past from a victim posture. In other words, I've seen them, I've maybe noticed them, others have pointed them out, but it's not my fault. Someone else is to blame for this. I am in a victim posture. Or maybe you have processed some of this and you've chosen to be responsible and accountable and you're still in that journey of learning and growing through those things to something stronger and better. I just want to encourage you, in the season you're in, you know, future me was writing back to my 20s, 30s, and 40s me, hey, take the time 
to find the tools and the processes and the loving, humble, gracious people who are skillful to help you navigate this kind of challenge. We can't just shed our blind, spot, blind spots by ignoring them. I can't just disregard the curb I was tripping over earlier and say, it's not a curb, it's a curb, I need to deal with it. I can't leapfrog over them, so as if I didn't deal with them in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, I'm fine in my 50s and 60s. We can't microwave them, we can't leapfrog them, we get to learn and live through them. And when we do, for the threat they represent to us, what we discover is strength. We discover there's strength. And that is particularly true when we let God be the primary guide, the primary healer of these things as we walk them through. Future me writes back to my younger me and says, hey, take the time to grow strong in character. It'll benefit every other aspect of your life. Future me says to me, Grow strong in the contributions you make. Let's take a look at some of the contributions I get to make in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. One is I get to make the contribution of risk-taking. Even an exercise like we did this morning together is a risky kind of exercise, but you get to decide this is an exercise worth risking. I'm going to give myself to it. I'm going to gain what it has to offer me. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make the contribution growing up learning to take risks. I'll take those with humility. I'll take those with energy and readiness, but I'm going to take the risk. I also get to grow up building a band of community. I get to build a band of others. I don't have to do this alone. Fortunately, we weren't asked to do it alone. We were offered community in doing this. And if I do it in community, I get the richness of that community, and others get to see the example of what's to gain if I build a band of others. I get to grow up in my life learning and in my healing. I get to grow up and get the benefit of that for me personally, but it gets to serve others as well. I get to grow up in my faith in action. I get to live in such a way that people know I'm trusting God to provide what I need, and I'm learning to do that more and more, and I'm inviting them to do the same with me. I'm growing up in my contribution of faith in action. Some of the challenge that was offered today, the opportunity to step in and come alongside refugees through the hands and hearts of the Mission Adelante team. It's like, wow, okay, I get to grow up and, and contribute in some life-changing ways by partnering with what that is. I get to grow up in that, in the season I'm in. This challenge from future me to grow was grow up in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. In my 50s and 60s, it's to grow strong. And growing strong might look like this. I get to grow strong in self-control. It's not as though I've kind of run to this point in my life and I get to let it all go and I'm ready to chill. And We get this idea of retirement in this season, don't we? That's a part of what we're looking forward to. I don't have to go anywhere, do anything, be responsible. I just get to chart my own day the way I want. And it's like, is that a really good picture? I don't know. I don't know if that picture really works. Future me would say to me, me now, me. Is that me, me? <laughs> well, it's me now. Hey, grow strong in character with self-control, taking responsibility, showing endurance, being steadfast, 
and resolute. That's what we get to grow in in our 50s and 60s. Some of those years come with the recognition that we've collected of what I call a lot of life junk. It's just life we haven't dealt with. And if that's the case, we can listen to future me telling my 20s and 30s and 40s me, hey, go back here and pick this stuff up. You can still work on that. If I made an effort to leapfrog that into my 50s and 60s, I can still deal with that. The invitation's still open. I can grow in those things and I can grow strong in those things because I come to those conversations with a, a breadth of experience I don't have available to me in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. I can take the risks. My contributions in this season might include modeling the way. We get to invite others to go with us as we've lived it. Model the way forward. We get to mentor. We get to encourage and we get to help make provisions so that the capital we have gained, experience capital, spiritual capital, relational capital, we get to offer to others and welcome them up into their next step in life. That's part of what we get to do if we grow strong in character and contribution in our 50s and 60s. The core message to my 70s, 80s, and 90s person is to grow down. Now, one of the things we don't have control over is lifespan. Fair enough? I wish I had a way, I wish I had a way to offer you to suspend getting older. You know, there are just some aspects of getting older that are highly undesirable. And yet it's inevitable. What's not inevitable is how your life and my life grows as we get older. So growing in my 70s, 80s, and 90s looks like growing down. I get to offer to those younger than me what I've been given in my growing process as I've grown up and I've grown strong. I now get to grow down. And that may look like in character, I get to give others a sense of established life a life of determination. I haven't lost sight of the goal and of the end. I'm determined. There's a durability to it. In spirit and in character, there's insight and there's availability. These are character qualities we can grow in in our 70s, 80s, and 90s. And contributions, we can be gracious. We can be initiating. We can think of others and so a call, a letter, an outreach. We can initiate we can be generous, we can be patient, we can be accepting of others. We can continue to grow in this season of our life. And I may say, I, there's just not enough time. We can, in fact, decide what we fight for in every season of our life. Future me tells me, at a minimum, fight for growing in the season you're in. In this growing down, let me offer some words Paul expresses this with because I think he gives an image here that's really helpful to me anyway. Paul says this to Timothy at the end of his journey. So he's in this season of finishing, if you will, and he's still growing down with who he is. And he says this to Timothy. <clears throat> he says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. 
and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, Paul is writing this because he's pouring himself out. He's growing down into Timothy. That's what he's doing. And the letter, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, are full of the specifics of how he is growing down to them. He goes on to say, now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on the day, on the day I meet him, on the day we are together. And not only for me, but also all who have longed for his appearing. And so there's something about this particular season, this finishing time of life, this 70s, 80s, 90s, where the longing to be present with Jesus personally, face to face, has grown such that I get to pour that down into the younger generation. There's no loss of purpose. There's no loss of value when we get to this season. It's a question of have I developed a picture for growing down in character and contribution in this season. My hope would be that Paul's words would resonate for us in whatever season we find ourselves in. You can apply these things relative to where you are in your season of experience. God has written us letter upon letter from the future to us today in our season of life. And the Scripture's exhortation to us would be, soak up every letter I have written to you, and you will discover that the Spirit of God is available to you to grow you in the season you're in, whatever that may be. Some of you have come today in circumstances that are so challenging and difficult. And your thought has not been about growth, it's, it's been about survival. And you know, God gets that deeply. His commitment to you and to me is to actually meet us right in that place. Care for us appropriate to that place and walk with us to a new place. That's what His commitment is. And that walking into the new place will feel to you and me like growing. It'll be a reminder that we are alive and that He is present with us with provision and living things grow in His hands. So we have the opportunity. It's the invitation of future me to me and me and me to grow in every season of my life. Grow grow up in my 20s and 30s and 40s, grow strong in my 50s and 60s, grow down in my 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's to grow. So we finish with that today. I just want to encourage you. It's not usual on a Sunday morning we go into these spaces. So opening up the mirror we did earlier and looking carefully at ourselves may have left you wondering about what to do with what you checkmarked or asterisked. I just want to encourage you, take the step this week to call someone or grab a friend, get a meal, get a coffee, and talk about what may have surfaced for you. And just see what God's up to. Know this, as I discovered in this preparation process, when my future me was pointing these things out to me, it was a very safe and very dangerous letter, saturated in love, and challenge. And those two 
go together well. So for us as Heartland, hey, grow up, grow strong, grow down, and let's trust God to do an amazing thing in each of us. Join me in prayer as we finish up here. Jesus, we recognize that you came and lived among us, that you grew up in wisdom and stature and in favor with your Father and with all mankind. You, you grew up. You grew strong and, and you grew down. You gave your life fully for us. We thank you for your own example of life, Jesus, that you're just simply inviting us to do as you have done. And as we have life, we, we grow. We trust you for that. We pray that what we'll feel in that is your loving embrace, that we will know that you're meeting us where we are without judgment, and you have a pathway forward for us. Your invitation to growth is met by the presence of your Spirit in power to enable us to grow. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Grow us in you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.